welcome to the With Flow podcast, a weekly show for purpose-driven women who are ready to embrace a feminine approach to business. We'll be chatting all things cycle awareness and using your intuitive superpowers, combined with the more practical aspects of business, like systems and planning. I'm your host, Laura, from Business With Flow, cyclical business mentor and systems queen. My mission is to show you that business can be fun and easy, that you can do it in a way that is right for you and feel inspired, organized, calm, and in control. So let's jump into this week's episode. Hello, and welcome back to the With Flow podcast. This week, I'm chatting to Sally Guthrie. Sally and I have known each other for a couple of years. She's been a client of mine. And over that time, I've been able to get a bit of a sneak peek at the amazing work that she does with women. And I knew that having her on the podcast would be really helpful and insightful for a lot of you listeners out there. Sally is an international bestselling author, an inspirational speaker, a clinical hypnotherapist, an advanced rapid transformational therapist, and a Psych K facilitator. Sally has a vast background in the study of the mind and human behavior, from yogic philosophy, neuroplasticity, and mind mastery. The premise of Sally's transformative work and signature methods is to know thyself. Sally loves working with high-functioning women that appear to have it all together on the outside, but have one or more patterns, areas, issues that just aren't working for them holding them back from creating and living the life they desire. The work that Sally does with women is truly amazing, and I'm really excited to share this interview with you. Good morning, Sally, and welcome to the With Flow podcast. It's so good to have you here. Thank you. It's exciting. I would love to start by exploring a little more about your own personal story, how you ended up where you are today and doing the amazing work that you do with the women that you support. So how, how did you get here? How did I get here? My personal story, we won't go too far in, but my personal story is I grew up very, very religiously. Uh, um, my mother died when I was 21. And I got married when I was 21, two weeks after my mother died. And then I was in what I thought was a very secure, certain marriage. Turned out not to be the case. And so a bit over a decade ago, I was divorced and found myself very unexpectedly as a single mother of two beautiful children and in a very unfamiliar place. And For me, I had grown up in a very certain way and I was very, you know, I was the girl that got it right. I was that girl. Yeah. I'm the youngest of six children. I was my mother's last hope to, you know, be the good one. And I ticked the boxes. I ticked the boxes. And so finding myself in my early 30s in this very unfamiliar place, uh, was absolutely terrifying. And for me at that point, it broke down all of the identity that I'd held and everything that I thought I was. And it was the great, you know, it's those things in life, right, that smash you to pieces are the things that make you, what what doesn't kill you makes you stronger is a horrible cliche, but absolutely true. And so from that point, I had to rebuild and rediscover who I was. 
letting go of everything that I ever thought I had been. And in that journey of finding myself in a very different financial place, in a very unknown place for me and raising my two children alone, I was working hard, really, really hard. My girls were my focus. Uh, and so I, I wanted to be there for them in the way that I had been. And I was working like crazy. And I, I just became absolutely exhausted. I couldn't, I couldn't do any more than I was doing. And I was working hard to please everybody and keep everybody happy and trying to maintain, you know, in some way, getting it right somehow. And it, it was incredibly overwhelming and I ended up, you know, I was very broke and very broken and I had this moment, this, you know, crying at the clothesline moment at 4am because it was the only time that I actually had to hang the laundry out because I was working and, and managing my kids and doing everything at the time. And I, I had this, you know, moment of deep questioning around are you going to just cry or are you going to actually get up and do something and it was that choice that empowered the type of choices that just changed the fiber of your being and I just you know drew a line in the sand and decided I'm doing something this is not my fate and not long, I mean, you know, I made some different decisions around that time. And not long after that, I come across um, Marissa Peer. It was very early in her uh, teaching career. And I thought, oh, you know, there was just something. And so I jumped on and I literally gambled everything. I got a loan and um, you had to train in person at that time. And so I went to Europe and I got a loan. I had to get a loan to cover my expenses during that time as well, because I literally was at nothing. I don't know how I got that loan, but it's, you know, you just choose to trust. And I jumped in and I knew it was, I knew it was the game changer for me. And so I did Marissa's program and came back home and just went all in all in on what I wanted. And for the past six years, I have worked with women one-to-one, -one, empowering, uh, helping them see through their limiting beliefs. I've, I've worked with lots of different people. I now work primarily with women, but it has been a wild, wild whirlwind and just the most liberating to work with thousands of people and see into the way that they work. And to help them uh, find freedom has been my deepest, deepest privilege. And I can't, as I look back and even just, you know, recounting that story, I don't tell the story very often, even just recounting it and looking back, it's, it's wild to think what's, yeah, what's occurred over that amount of time by a simple choice, a choice around choosing me, choosing me rather than everybody else and everything I should be and everything um, that was expected and required of me. Yeah, lots of unpacking, lots of freedom found. I love that. And I think a lot of women who listen to this will resonate, if not with, you know, having their own story that's very similar, but certainly parts of that of having to be the good girl and do what everyone else wants and meet all of everyone else's expectations by sacrificing what it is that we want. So we're putting everyone else before what then what they want before us and our needs and our wants. 
I know that you work with a with a lot of women, as you said, who feel like they've got it all together, right? On the outside, they've got successful careers and relationships. And from anyone from the outside looking in would think that they are absolutely killing it at life. But on the inside, things maybe don't feel so right. Things aren't working quite as well as they would like. What are some of the common themes or things that you see coming up in your clients? A huge, like, as in an underlying uh, construct, I like to call uh, limiting beliefs, I like to call them definitions, because it truly is uh, the way we've defined something, whether we're defining something consciously, or we've defined it unconsciously, uh, it is the definitions that we hold, and we experience everything based on the way we define it. It doesn't matter what it is. If you define something in a particular way, that's the way you will experience it. So a really common belief structure is I'm not good enough. And if that's the way you've defined yourself in an unconscious way, you can sit with, and I know the first time I heard this, I thought to myself, oh, no, that's not me. <laughs> you know, I know I've got this, right? No, 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 that doesn't apply to me because I, you know, I'm, that's, that's not true for me. But when you peel back the layers and see what's at the very root and the base of things, that is a huge, huge structure and definition that the majority of people carry. Another one that comes up a lot is uh, I can't trust myself. I can't trust myself or I don't know or I need to know and it, it's not. Um, and so if you think about that as a definition, then we build up, you know, as the powerful women that we are, we build up these coping mechanisms around that to be able to appear even to ourselves that we can trust ourselves. But at the very core, it's the I don't know. Yeah. And it's terrifying. And because we layer up, you know, and, and because we can kid ourselves even, you know, we have these amazing um, constructs around us, we kid ourselves. And then when we really look into it, we see what's playing out. And the reason why, and I, I call it a shit show. Yeah. On the outside, it's beautiful. And it's, it's like, it's the swan, right? It's the beautiful swan gliding perfectly on top of the water and paddling like crazy underneath. And it's because of that incongruence between what it is that is happening out here and what's going on usually without our awareness. Like, I mean, we're aware that there's this internal struggle and war. we're very aware of that, but we're not aware of what's fueling it. We're not aware of the actual definitions that we're holding and just seeing past that, seeing through that. And a, a big part of what I do is helping women get out of their own way. And that seeing what's there is a massive component to getting out of your own way you've got it we can't heal from or move beyond anything that we don't have awareness of and so often we don't absolutely I think sometimes we feel stuck we know something's not quite right but we don't know what it is maybe we don't have the skills or we don't have the level of awareness to see the bigger picture or see you know the blind spots and what's going on so I don't think anyone would be surprised by by what you just said <laughs> yeah and I think even for people because 
you know, lots of people have done a lot of work now, you know, we're, we're in this kind of culture, some of us, where we're doing the inner work and we are digging this stuff up. As you know, I have a, a, a new program and in it, what I'm discovering is that, and even for myself, having done one-to-one therapy with people for so long, is you can do the therapy and do the work and it's wonderful and enlightening around the thing. But then in the everyday, it, it doesn't equip you with the tools and having all this information. And actually somebody just said to me the other day, it's like they had all of this information, but not a way to actually utilize it or have it be you know, tangible and sustainable in their life. And I think that's, that's something that's missing a lot as well for people. Yes, absolutely. You can have all of the knowledge and the information and the know-how, but if you don't know what to do with it and how to take action and how to make the change, then what good is all of that? So if someone is sitting here listening to this and they're like, oh my God, that's me. I totally resonate with everything that Sally is saying. What are some of the first things that you would recommend they start to think about or start to do so that they can develop or cultivate some of that awareness? Pay attention. Yeah, really just paying attention, noticing. And I find the easiest way, and I talk a lot about mind and heart, yeah, because the mind is black and white. It's designed that way. It's a safety survival mechanism. It must be good or bad, safe or unsafe, pain or pleasurable. That's It's categorized black and white. And so therefore we define everything in that way. The heart space is an entirely different space and I'm, I'm not wishy-washy about that, but the heart space is a space in which everything is possible. You know, the spectrum is there in the heart space. The gray, which is what we live in, we don't actually live in black and white. And there's not freedom in black and white. There's freedom in the gray. Yeah. I'm not denying structure or any of those. Those things are important for us. And I know that that's big for you. And that, that, you know, it's important to have boundaries and parameters, most definitely. But the freedom is in. and, And this is what I wanted to say is the difference. The mind, when we're in our mind, we're in contraction. Yeah. If you're trying to work something out and, and that's, that's the noticing, noticing. And and because our bodies tell us so much, yeah. If you feel a sense of contraction on any level in your body, then you are in your mind and you are in that figuring out, you are in the definitions. Yeah. If you can notice that, whether it, I mean, it doesn't matter what it is, like if it's big picture or little picture, if it's about the fact that it's raining, you know, and you move into contraction, which sometimes I, you know, do, but feel it, just let that little signal be the prompt for you of how am I defining this? What am I making this mean? And that really helps you to grab that awareness. It's the definition around it. So if you're in contraction, grab it. And then even just sitting with, how can I move into expansion around this? You know, how can I, and it is a a deep inhale and exhale. It is a letting go of it, but it's just the observation. And I think the other tricky part, because we're mind-based creatures, is even when we observe our definition, not to be in judgment 
of the definition. Yeah, that is so, so, so important because we'll observe the definition and we'll think, oh, oh, I shouldn't be, you know, I shouldn't be thinking about it like that. I should be thinking about it like this. And that in itself is a contraction. Yeah, you're contracting again around the contraction without complete acceptance of what is right now, even if it is the definition we're holding, conscious or unconscious, without just letting that be and observing it. Like if you think observation really is judgment-free, it's just looking. And when we've lived a lifetime of judging ourselves so damn harshly, it's hard to do that. So stepping back, just notice, just notice and notice if you judge yourself around what you're noticing. Yeah. Notice that. Let the body be the, you know, if you're in contraction, then your nervous system is moving out of balance. You know, you're deregulating all of those things, you know, that we're all learning about. But notice the contraction. Step back from the judgment. I think stepping back from the judgment is the biggest key because you cannot accept something if you're still judging it. Yeah. And you can't move forward, like really be free from something, anything, until you can fully accept that that is and that has been. And is it right or wrong? It doesn't even matter. It just is. It just is. Then you can let it land. It lands and then you can move forward. Even if it's a feeling, even a feeling. We judge our feelings. I feel sad. You know, and what happens? We try and cap it. I shouldn't feel sad. I shouldn't feel, oh, I'm feeling overwhelmed. Oh, I shouldn't feel overwhelmed. I should, oh, I've got it. I need to make a list and I need to, you know, it's actually, I feel overwhelmed. Can I just notice that? Can I just be with that? Yeah. They say that if you can allow yourself to ride out even the emotion or feeling or the, the experience of contraction, if you can ride it out for 90 seconds and just be with it before you try and put a lid on it, it allows the nervous system to reset completely. Interesting. Yeah. Isn't that fascinating? 90 and seconds. That's it. 90 seconds. Just be with it. We, we don't let ourselves, like even when you're overwhelmed with grief and pain, yeah, even in that 90 seconds just to sit in it. You know, mostly we're going, I don't want to feel like this. Even if we're not trying to jump to something else, it's the judgment of I don't want this feeling. This feeling is bad. This feeling is scary. This feeling is wrong. It's just a feeling. Just sit with it and let it move through. It's like trying to stop digesting food. You know, it's like you got to let it move through. It, it needs to. And then, it, then there's release. Mm, that's such a great analogy, isn't it? You've got to feel it, process it, and let it go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I shouldn't have eaten that food. I need to not. It needs to stop here. It can't stop there. Yeah, if I don't digest it, maybe the calories don't count. <laughs> Who knows what crazy definitions we put on it. So one of the other things that we've talked about in the past is this feeling of wanting to control everything, to control mm. the outcomes, to know what's coming so that we can plan for it rather than being able to trust in the flow of life and the uncertainty that comes with it and just trusting that 
the right things and the right opportunities and the right people are going to flow into our life as they need to, when they need to. And I know you've got a great uh, masterclass about how to trust in, in uncertainty, but I think there's probably a lot of women out there who are a little bit like me, reforming control free. Aren't we all? Have you got any tips on how we can let go of that need of trying to control everything and allow more of that flow? Well, there's the, for me, there's two key points around that. And it is that we, we, can't, we want this idea of being able to just, you know, let go and just, you know, and then we hold on for dear life, you know, with our fingernails dug in. Because what we're looking for is a feeling. Always in anything, we're looking for a particular feeling in order to. And the thing about trust is it's not a feeling. Yeah. The feeling isn't coming. We wait to trust because we want a feeling. And trust is a choice. It's an absolute choice. And when you've we need proof, you know, it's the mind wants the black and white proof of things. And when you've seen that work, when you've seen yourself step out and feel like you're just falling into the abyss, but knowing, actually, that's, that's, that's the point, not knowing, yeah, not knowing what's going to happen, but believing that the universe will catch you or however you like to frame that, believing that the next right step will come. It, it is the choice to do it. It's a choice. It's not a feeling. So if you're waiting for the feeling, you'll keep waiting. Yeah. You simply have to decide to do it. But the reality is around the certainty that we're looking for. Proof is great. You know, proof, having done it, proof is awesome. And, and it makes us make the choice more easily when we've seen proof prior. If you've never seen proof, it's a really scary choice. Yeah. But the thing that we really want is certainty. And even if you've had proof before, there's no certainty of now. And certainty is one of those things that we're hardwired for. We want it desperately because it's safe. If we can feel certain about something, it's safe. But certainty in itself is an absolute illusion. There is no certainty. You don't know what's actually going to happen in the next minute. And if you're waiting for certainty, the feeling of certainty to trust, like you're waiting, you're really waiting, or you're waiting until you delude yourself into thinking, no, I'm sure of this. I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it, right? That's what you're waiting for. And if we can let go, and all of that's definition and construct, and the letting go, and when you, when, you know, people say, well, well, but how, how do you just choose it? And I don't I actually don't believe that it's really possible to choose it until you anchor into this place of certainty within yourself because there's no other certainty out there. Yeah. The certainty that you can find is only in you. And why can you be certain of you? Well, you've shown up for you every single day until now. I was working with a 65-year-old lady yesterday and we were moving into this, you know, this trust piece together. And I'm like, you've got a lot of proof that you can be certain that you're going to deliver for yourself because here you are, you've got 65 years of proof. 
Some of us have 35 years. Some of us have 45 years, whatever it is. But, you know, there is that proof in inverted commas that we're looking for that we can trust ourselves. Even if we feel that we've messed up along the way, there's still evidence. There's always evidence. So if you need the evidence, anchor it into that, into you, but letting go of waiting for the feeling and choosing it, really choosing it for yourself. So then, have you got any final words of wisdom or parting words that you would like to share with the listeners? If I can share anything with people, especially women, is, like I said earlier, it's the stepping back from judgment, really stepping back from judging anything that we are or have done as good or bad. It just is. It just is. A a client once asked me if I was, um, you know, if I'd studied Byron Katie and I had no idea who that was at the time. And then I looked into Byron Katie and she is just amazing. And yes, I am very aligned to her teachings. But she has a saying of you can fight with reality and you'll only be wrong 100% of the time. Because what is, is. And we can decide that it's good or bad, but we're the ones that experience it that way. However we define it, that's the way we experience it. And so when we can observe ourselves, even more than other people, it's, it's easier to kind of step back from judgment of others. I find you can kind of notice what you're judging and think, oh, no, it doesn't necessarily mean that about them or whatever. Like you can do that. But for yourself, it's a really different process. So as best you can, be mindful about not judging you. Yeah. Stepping back from defining uh, yourself, your experiences, things you've done, things you've said, you know, where you are right now, even in your life or in your business or, you know, and, and fully accepting, well, this is where I am. This is where I am. Until we find that acceptance, which like I said, is a judgment-free space, until we find that, the ability to, you know, catapult ourselves forward is inhibited, whether that's into freedom or into success or into whatever, into relationship, whatever that is. So you have this amazing new program, which I have a little insight into, um, called the Free Thyself Project. Would you like to share a little bit about what that program is, who it's for, so that if anyone's listening to this and they might be interested in working with you, they can hear a little bit more about it? Yeah. It is for women specifically and for women who, as we've said, women who are ticking a lot of boxes and potentially have done a fair bit of inner work and have lots of information but still don't feel like it's crossed over somehow. Life still feels, you know, and my, my little tagline is it's a practical strategy for living without feeling like you're pushing shit uphill. It's four sustainable steps to actually see beyond your definitions, redefine, look into reality, accept reality, embody that which you want, and then to evolve with it. Yeah. So that's the premise of the program. It's birthed out of 10 years of study, six years of working one-on-one with thousands of people. 
and my own deep learning, my own deep learning. And a, a really close friend asked me, how did you come home to yourself, Sally? And I, I was, you know, she's an important friend in my life and somebody who I really deeply value and her opinions I value. And I was stunned by the fact that she'd observed me come home to myself and that that's how she framed it. And it is my answer to that question. The program is the coming home to. It is the accepting. It is the seeing beyond all of the shoulds, all of the stuff that we've put on ourselves to take all of the information that we have and actually utilize it effectively in the everyday and for the big goals. So it's 33 days. It's online. It's a group program and bite-sized because busy women like us don't like lengthy things. Uh, It is a commitment. It is truly a commitment to change the game for yourself. So it is Monday to Friday, 15 to 30 minutes sessions and a live, a one hour live on a Thursday. And the Friday is beautiful guided processes, deep change processes. Uh, And so it's five weeks of learning and growing together. And it also includes uh, two private one-to-one coaching coaching sessions with me, two 30-minute sessions. Yeah, we've run it a few times now and it's amazing and I'm very, very excited to share it and the amazing shifts that people are having with it and, and the empowerment that it's bringing. Awesome. Well, I will make sure that we pop the links to that in the show notes that if people are listening and it's piqued their interest, they can go and find out a little bit more. And lastly, if people want to come and hang out with you online, where are you active on the socials and things like that? I am on Instagram at freethyself.co. Awesome. I'll make sure we pop the link to that too. Well, thank you so much. This was such a juicy conversation and I'm sure that the women who are listening back are going to have their brains pinging with all of the aha moments and things. So thank you so much for coming and sharing that with us. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode. All of Sally's details and all of the links that we mentioned are available in the show notes for this podcast episode. I'll catch you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the With Flow podcast. If you got value from this episode, I would be so grateful if you could share it with your friends or leave a rating and review in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for helping me spread the word. See you on the next episode.